0: everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Have a Seat, Conversations with Women in the Workplace podcast. I am your host, Deborah Coleman. Okay, guys, so today I wanted to just take a few minutes and go over and just do a really quick minicast. Um, I read an article recently in the Atlassian newsletter. Um, for those of you who might not be familiar with the Atlassian, it is a career and business. Um, gosh kind of like a career um, newsletter and blog. They have great articles, very informative, very relevant. Um, I enjoy reading it. So I came across an article that I was, after I read it, I'm like, hey, that might make a fun podcast. So here we are. Um, it's titled 10 <laughs> Emerging Work Trends for 2020. And for me, I put a little plus after the 20 after I read it because these trends I think first of all yes they are merging for 2020 absolutely but some of these i actually have seen the beginnings of before 2020 um, and now I totally believe that they and then others i believe they are springboarding in 2020 and they're just gonna take off like a rocket from here on out so i put 2020 plus so welcome to my mini cast on 10 emerging work trends for 2020 plus so with that being said let's get to it so the first one is labeled the end of transformation initiatives. I'll say it again, the end of transformation initiatives. And after reading what they described that to be, my takeaway was that um, there will be no end to the digital transformation that our workplaces are continually going through. Um, change should be done slowly. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. But it's a necessary evil, guys. Um, In order for organizations to stay relevant and long-lasting, I think that developing a growth mindset will be an organization's best friend. I think it's going to be necessary. Change is here to stay. I don't really know if any organization, very few organizations maybe in the coming decade, are going to be able to say we did we've been doing the same thing you know that's how we've always done it you know that same i don't think that i think change is is here to stay it's it's gotten comfortable it's it's honest it's on the couch next to us it's here um you know how that is right you your new phone that you buy it it it's old in 6 months so change is coming it's a part of our lives it's a part of our work lives and i think we just need to embrace it um very quickly, I myself have been through several large scale organization wide um programming changes, um, like data programming changes with the organizations that I've been with. Um and so I've got front and row seats to seeing how it affects people. And in my opinion, there's two camps. There's either people who embrace it, who wanna learn it and who are pretty successful. Of course there's a learning curve, but once they round that bend and um, are through the learning curve they embrace it they're good um, and that was me actually I loved it I love I love change um, anyway so those of you that know me are like yeah she does um, and then there's the other side who are like uh-uh you know what I'm o- I'm over this already I want no part of it so it's hard I'm, I'm not you know I'm not gonna lie it's tough um, but I think if organizations try their hardest, organizations and companies try their hardest to make it as easy a transition for everybody as they can, then maybe it'll be more successful than not. So, okay, number two, outcomes become more important than output. So outcomes become more important than output. Basically, companies will need to put up or shut up. That's my takeaway. Um, today's consumers don't place a lot of value in how hard a company may have worked to get the desired outcome. They care more about if the outcome is good for them, if it will work for them, if it's environmentally friendly, if it's sustainable, if it's long-lasting, if it's of good quality. Um, so they're not too concerned or they're not really you know, attracted to anymore. That whole, look how hard, look at the blood, sweat and tears we put in to get this widget made or produced. They care more about the widget. They care more about what the widget will do for them and how it will make their lives better. So outcomes become more important than output. So stay tuned on that one. Um, Inclusion and belonging become differentiators in the war for talent. Inclusion and belonging become differentiators in the war for talent. So, culturally, the working world is becoming more and more comfortable coming to work as they are in their true skin. Workers want a sense of belonging. You're st- we're starting to see a trend towards in the workforce, in the workplace of employees not buying into, I've got to hide my true self in order to fit in. They're saying, uh, I'm here and this is me, so deal. (laughs) Pretty much. So um, (laughs) in a good way, of course, but I'm just saying um, that's becoming more and more apparent. This is also translating, though, into job seekers. Uh, Job seekers are also becoming more conscientious of not only what Job they apply to, but also what the company stands for, what their culture is like, what their commitment to community and the environment is like, even again, how culturally diverse and inclusive they are. So, I mean, they're, you know, you see it now, you know, the hiring of chief inclusion officers, of diversity and inclusion officers, and all these diversity and inclusion initiatives. Um, and that's, that's on the upswing, that's emerging. Um, I think we're, that is not going to stop either. I think that this is just the springboard for that to become more the norm. That's going to be, become more the, you know, more the rule, not necessarily the exception. So, um to stay competitive in today's job market, I think it's in the company's best interest to definitely take steps to foster a sense of belonging and inclusion and to maintain that and to not just have it in a mission statement or an employee handbook, but to actually show their current employees and prospective employees how they stand behind that. So definitely something that is going to be continuing in 2020. Um and beyond. That's where the plus comes in because I don't see an end to that. Um, Okay. Number four, your ability to focus will determine your success. Your ability to focus will determine your success. Now, I don't mean focus like when you're at your desk and you're trying to get a project done or you're working on something and like you're focusing, right? What this, what this part number four was, I think was speaking more to more about was um, for those of you that work more in like an open office environment and there is (laughs) distractions everywhere. They run rampant through your office, right? Phones are going off, Um, you know, people are talking, there's maybe music, there's, you know, stuff going on, webinars, whatever. So it will become even more imperative for workers to stay focused on the work to not only be and feel more productive, but also to allow for creativity to flow freely, Um, which I think is really important. It's not, of course, it's obvious, you know, stay focused, get the work done. But it also, by being distracted, for you creatives out there, it's hindering your ability to maintain that creativity and to apply it to the work you're trying to get done. I know you might think, even as I say that, it sounds kind of obvious, but Really, there's going to be more of a focus on distractions and how to kind of like rein those in and control the environment a little bit more because uh, things are getting, um, distractions are getting a little crazy out there. And they're, and you know, open workspaces are great, but I think we're starting to see the effects of how they're not so great. So um, there's that. Number five, halfway through, hope you're still with me. Okay, flexibility becomes the norm flexibility becomes the norm. And this is probably one of my favorite ones because this is another one also that that I have seen emerging in the last couple of years. um, And it's really something that's been happening a long time. I think it's just finally getting its due, so to speak, or it's finally getting the attention it it deserves. Um, So what are you talking about, Deb? Get to the point. Okay, so meaning the days of the nine to five grind, sitting at a desk, and doing your thing, and then going out and leaving are slowly coming to an end. I mean, remote work, flexible schedules are becoming king. And it is slow going. I get it. I totally get it. Um, not every job is cut out for this. Not every person is cut out for that kind of work, for that type of flexibility. Um, I'm not saying it will go away. I guess I shouldn't say they're coming to an end. Maybe that's a little too far on the other side. But I let's just say I think flexibility will start to increase, and will maybe start to again get the attention and true consideration um, and application it deserves. Um, I think it's 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 becoming slowly the more the norm. I'm sure, and I, I know there were there was a time way back um, in history. Um, when you know, oh, I work remotely was viewed negatively or as a joke, or uh, what is that really? Like, what are you doing? You're what you know. So, no, I think now to say, you know, you work remotely, you have flexible schedules, um, there's a lot of co working spaces popping up now, um. I think for the right organization, the right type of worker, the right circumstances, it is definitely an emerging trend absolutely. And so I think that's exciting. I think that's exciting. Um, I definitely look forward to seeing more of that in the future. Um, and not to mention, I think maybe what's what's aiding in that particular, um, emergence is that work-life balance movement has really taken off. Um, that has That is really playing a large part, I think, in um, workplaces and culture. And so, again, maybe that's kind of adding to this whole wonderful recipe that, hey, remote work, flexible work schedules, that sort of thing, helping to provide strong work-life balance. I mean, let's face it, I think uh, certain companies also realize we don't really care where or when you get the work done just as long as the work's getting done um so maybe there's some people who work better at mid in in, from the midnight to 6 a.m hours at their desk at home knocking it out and so then by the time their coworkers come in the next day to the office boom there's their share of the project done or boom there's an email or boom the report's done um There's just some people who that works better for, or there's people who have a lot of at-home commitments, but um, they can still, they can be, they can need to be at home to get it done. Driving into the office just isn't, you know, the best option for them. So they're still valuable workers and they're still knocking it out. They just have the option of working from home, maybe one or two days a week or all the time. So anyway, it's coming. I think it's here to stay. We just need to maybe wrap our brains around it a little bit more and, um, Kind of accept that. So number six, more recognition for accomplishments at the team level. More recognition for accomplishments at the team level. Go team. Yay team. Um, So that's pretty much what it means. Um, Companies and workplaces are celebrating accomplishments um, for the team. They're recognizing the team's effort and not so much an individual's effort. Seeing an individual's effort or an individual get rewarded, their finding isn't quite the norm it once was. Um, Recognizing teams as a whole and celebrating their contributions is becoming the new normal. Um, It's not a tall ask as 90% of organizations say that they're solving problems so complex they're relying on teams to get the work done more and more. So no wonder they're celebrating teams' accomplishments and not so much an individual's accomplishments. Um the idea of the lone genius, you know, working by himself and getting work, you know, no team effort at all um, is quickly moving to become a thing of the past. Um better solutions are now involving a group or a team dynamic with cross-departmental members and skill sets working together on projects, on programming. Um, to get things done. And it's, it's the way of the future. It's emerging. And I really, that's another one that I don't see stopping. I think, you know, teamwork over the lone wolf mentality, definitely that's coming and it's here to stay. And I think that's great. Teams should be celebrated for their accomplishments. It is a group effort. And I think that's really exciting. Um, okay. Almost there. Number seven, the emergence of augmented and virtual reality for building empathy. This is such a cool one. Cue the cool Twilight Zone music. The emergence of augmented and virtual reality for building empathy, meaning guys, AI, AR, and VR. Artificial intelligence, augmented reality, and virtual reality. They're coming. And in many cases, they're still here. (laughs) And they have been here for a while. And they talk about not stopping. That is not a train that's stopping anytime soon. I think we all know it. Um, There's definitely a large segment of the population who's like, dug in their heels and is like, uh-uh. but there's others, me included, who are very excited to hear this and see this and look forward to what this, what this will bring. Um, AI is already mainstream, right? I mean, that's nothing to be afraid of. Truly. I I, I don't think, um, what do what do you think Google Nest is? What do you think, you know, Alexa and Siri? I mean, they're here, they're helping us, they're doing it. Um, i don't know i think that it's it's just one of those things that you either embrace or you don't and um but this is very interesting this this part i thought was really fascinating the this part of the article went on to say that the use of vr virtual reality is slowly on the rise now this i i had no idea this was kind of surprising it's being used to combat unconscious bias and create a more inclusive work environment by temporarily changing your perspective of another worker. Think about it. Let me read that again. It's on the rise because VR, virtual reality, is being used to combat unconscious bias and create a more inclusive work environment by temporarily changing your perspective of another worker. So picture it. You put on the VR goggles and you are put into a scenario where maybe you're the only woman in a meeting, or maybe you're the only minority in a meeting. Um now you're I mean, they're just maybe you're the only person with a disability in a meeting. Um so it's a way for companies to create a more inclusive work environment by letting people walk in other shoes, for lack of a better, you know, explanation, to really get a sense through virtual reality and through VR technology, how that might feel. Um, I think that's pretty cool. I'm sure, you know, We could do a deep dive in that, and I'm sure someone will, and I'm sure someone has. Um, But on that, on just that surface level, and in in regards to the article I'm reading, um, I think it's really interesting. I think that was pretty neat. I would kind of like to try that myself. But, um, (laughs) well, I have two out of those three that they just mentioned. So anyway, um, I don't need virtual reality to tell you how that feels. But, you know, anyway, um, so... Pretty interesting stuff. I think that's fascinating. One to watch for sure. Okay, number eight. Family values are making a comeback, but in a progressive way. Family values are making a comeback, but in a more progressive way. Meaning, updated and revised family leave policies, which could include not only mom, but dad as well. Or not one partner, but both partners. Um... More companies are adopting meaningful paternity leave in the shape of weeks, or in some cases, months, which is, I'm sure, a huge celebration. Um, leaving moms available to return to work sooner and dads home to continue to bond with the baby, um... Or allowing one partner to return back to work while the other partner stays home and continues to bond with the baby. It's maternity and paternity leave. It sounds like paternity leave is getting its just desserts as well, that it's getting recognized. And that's exciting. That's very exciting. I'm sure there's a lot of couples out there who are really going to appreciate seeing this emerging trend um, develop. Um And then part two to this, which I think is really cool, and I myself heard this term just this week, like twice, on two other podcasts that I listened to, and I had never heard it before. So maybe some of you have, and that's awesome. I hadn't up until I heard it in the podcast and then read it in this article. Um, This new trend is called returnship. And it's in the shape of a program that helps parents revive their careers after spending years maybe, at home with the kids. It's a way for parents to be reintegrated into the company again, but not quite so cold turkey. It's a way for them to, like in a step process, gradually come back to work. Um, I think... It's amazing, and I think that's great. And I guess on one part, one hand, on one hand, I'm like, well, gosh, what took them so long to come up with this? Why is this an emerging trend now? This should have been <laughs> in place already. Um, but you know what? It's it's a trend. It's being recognized. Um, like I said, I've already heard the term three times this week, so I think it's coming. Twenty twenty. Hey, the re- the beginning of returnship. Very exciting and a revised. Family leave policy, always good. Always good. Never a bad thing. Okay, number nine, customer empathy takes center stage. Customer empathy takes center stage. My takeaway from that explanation was, so now getting into customers' heads before the product is built is taking center stage. Companies want to ensure they will be meeting your needs before they go to build or create the product they hope you will buy or get into. Um, Getting into customers' and consumers' heads and creating what's called listening campaigns is the new trend. Customers are increasingly feeling the need to be heard and understood now more than they ever have before. Um, So look for this customer feedback trend to be on the rise in 2020 and to hear more about it. Um, Again, companies wanting to ensure they will be meeting your needs before. So it's like, it's almost like, okay, we built the widget. Now we're going to bring you in for a focus group and you're going to talk about the widget. We haven't built the widget yet. We're going to bring you in, do a little group share, get some feedback from you, and then we're going to start to build the widget. So pretty pretty good, pretty interesting trend taking place. I think that's going to definitely be more the norm. I can see that for sure. Okay, which brings us to number 10. Yay! <laughs> um, a moment of reckoning for the always-on culture. Dun-da-da-da! Okay, a moment of reckoning for our always-on culture. And I know everyone's probably shaking their head like, yep, yep, heard about it, read about it, listened to it, believe it, practice it, Um, meaning always being on, fill in the blank, you know, phone, tablet, laptop, desktop, always being on isn't what the cool kids will be doing in 2020, guys um this is the year but i'll say it's the beginning and quite frankly this is the decade um that we take being always on more seriously and we begin to slowly put an end to that way of life and to the expectations that are behind that meaning if an email is sent at 3 a.m. okay that's great but we doesn't mean if we hear our phone get off go off you know ding or whatever doesn't mean we have to answer it right then and there um we get home from work we put the phone down and be in the moment spend time with our family spend time with our friends um do a hobby whatever it is um i really think that as the title says, it's a moment of reckoning for the always-on culture and I think it's changing. It's changing. Um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But what I want to see, just to piggyback on this a little bit, and I'm not going to get into it now, but just something like food for thought. I think it's great that changing the always-on culture is, is emerging. And I think that's wonderful and it'll be really nice to see a swing in that. Um, but what do you guys think? Like, I think that I think that what it's going to also maybe start to stir up is maybe a deeper dive or a look into the feelings, like the emotions behind that and the feelings of possibly guilt for having that like shut off time. You know, um, for some people, I can see it kind of being a struggle like, I saw an email come in, it's 10 o'clock at night, I am not in any way obligated to pick it up and answer it can I handle that? You know, can, it, you see it come in at 10 o'clock by ten o five, Are you like clinging to the ceiling and like sweating it out? Because you, it's like, you know, you're having withdrawals, like I have to answer it. Um, so maybe, you know, maybe there's some, something deeper there to that whole conversation, um, that speaks to some of the guilt or feelings that we have to always like the feelings behind always being on and do you have a right are you entitled to even putting up those boundaries so I don't know again just something to think about um but that's great I'm glad to see overall that there seems to be a shift and a trend um emerging that helps us sort of turn off and turn turn all that off and get back into living um so that's it. We made it. That was ten. Pretty cool. Um, I think you guys probably have heard some of these on the list already. Um, And maybe there were some on the list that you didn't know about. Maybe there was some just like me that were kind of pleasantly surprising and maybe kind of exciting. Um, I will put a link to the article in the show notes so you can read for yourself and see how either on I was with my takeaways or maybe I was so far off the mark I just missed it entirely. Um, Either way, I would love to hear from you about this. Um, Or if you or your company maybe you guys are already practicing some of these trends and you can tell us a little bit about it. Maybe I can have you on and we can talk a little bit about it, flesh some of these out. So anyway, either way, look forward to hearing from you. Um, hope you enjoyed this little show. Hope it wasn't too long for you. And, um, until then have a wonderful week, everybody, and I'll see you next time.